0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to We Are Marooned and Gold, a podcast featuring me, Champion Spectrum. And me, Aaron Williams. Aaron, if Martha, My Dear is probably the most famous song actually written about someone's dog... Uh, is uh, You Make Loving Fun the, the most famous song where the, the, lie,
1: the, the writer lied about it being about their dog? I, I, I don't know. This is a good question. I'm trying to think of some of my favorite dog songs, none of which I believe were lies. There's Old King by Neil Young off Harvest, is great. Uh, there's I Shot Your Dog by Fred Eaglesmith, and then, what is it, the Flatland Noodlers or something? That's a good one. And there's one more that I'm trying to think of that is escaping my mind. It will come back to me. So I, I'm going to just, I'm just going to say you're right. Okay. What, what do we do with uh, Used to Love Her where, uh, where Axl Rose
0: claimed that it was about killing a dog because it sounded more sick than the, the surface level reading of it's a woman he's talking about?
1: I don't know. I have a complicated relationship with Axel,
0: as we all do. I mean, my my my, board, my, my baseline stance is he's disgusting.
1: <laughs> yeah, but like he's kind of come around in the last few years. Like he kind of has like good politics now, supposedly, <laughs> and like seems like he's maybe more agreeable. And you know, they're playing shows again, or they they were at waste a couple years ago. And I don't know. He's done, there's been some un-Axley-Axel sort of things, and I don't know if it's just aging or just getting older and wiser, but doesn't getting older and wiser just sort of, what's the word I'm looking for? Doesn't it... Uh... I mean,
0: it can cement one's previously established behaviors,
1: you know, just because you, you get old and... But doesn't getting older and wiser along with that, doesn't that kind of cut against the grain of everything everybody thought they knew and loved about Axel?
0: Yes. Yeah. So to me, the word wisdom and Axel Rose... Yes. ...are on very opposite sides of the room. Yes. Anyway, uh, I, I... The reason I bring this up is obviously Christine McPhee... Yes. Of, ...today. Um, today, right? Not last night. I believe today. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't know if you had any comments on... That or just rumors in general. An album I, I have not listened to in many years, but I I really should because it is great.
1: Yeah, I I really like Fleetwood Mac. I mostly listen to Rumors and a few other scattered other songs. I don't. I'm not the biggest in depth fan, so I don't know. I don't know all the mythology and stuff around it more, any more than you know the average person. But um, you know, saw her in concert. So, you know, she was great. Her and Lindsay Buckingham at Northrop Auditorium in 2017 or 2018. I uh, mean, my buddy got $20 tickets. And I thought, you know, when am I ever, ever going to see this again? Never. And now literally the answer is never. Yeah. Um, but uh, they were great. They were more – they seemed pretty likable, which especially with Lindsay isn't necessarily always the thing. Um and the music was great. Uh, she played a little bit and sang and you know, he can obviously really play and, and, and whatnot too. they were playing songs from a solo album that I don't think I've listened to since. Uh but they also did some Fleetwood Mac stuff and uh Yeah, it was really, really good. And again I don't really know I don't have a big whole thesis of Fleetwood Mac or Christine McVie, but um it's a band that has many eras and um they're pretty much all pretty good, you know, and her, her song craft uh, and her voice and everything else uh, will, will be missed. Well, I don't have anything to say, you know, it sucks, but
0: I'm not a, a fleet with Mac head, so... I will refrain from further comments,
1: other than I did enjoy reading the origin story of You Make Loving Fun today. (laughs) Did you, uh, have we, I'm sure we've talked about Peter Green. I think we talked about Peter Green a few weeks ago. I think we did, but you can refresh me, and I don't know if the... So, Peter Green was the guy. He was the guy. He was the guy. The blues guitarist in Fleetwood Mac, back when they were a blues band in the 60s. And that's, like, one one of the great, one of the great, I think, dad rock takes that my father impressed upon me that I agree with at times and sometimes, you know, disagree with is that, you know, Fleetwood Mac was at their best when they were just a blues band. <laughs> that was, I think, before. Uh, I think it was, I think it was before. I don't think she was in the band at that time. I, I, it's all a weird, bored board timeline in my head, but um, yeah, I don't know. Just, they were great. They were great. And uh, rumors is, you know, still goes. Yeah, you can't really say anything bad about it, can you? No, it's unimpeachable.
0: Um, there are some bad things you can say about the uh, the football game that happened on Saturday, but... <laughs> also uh, some good things. There are many good things. Um, the first of which is the Jophers kept the axe. Yes, yes, oh
1: my gosh. How great.
0: Yeah, the first time they've done that since 1994, if you
1: can believe it, which... I can. Yeah, having li- having lived basically since then, yeah, it's it's very, very believable. I was getting real concerned in that third quarter. Yeah, it looked bad. It didn't look it didn't really look good on either side necessarily. It's...
0: I mean the Badgers were starting to put together drives. They took the lead with mm-hmm. that reverse to DK that should have been called back for a block in the back. Yes. I was very angry about <laughs> that in Camp Randall. Um but you know, um the the Gophers' defense clamped down as they are
1: wont to do. Didn't really allow any big plays, honestly. No, no, and especially in the end of the game when where they've been kind of what we talked about last week, been kind of sus. Um, they didn't allow anything anything big. No, not at all. Um, and it certainly helped that on
0: that last drive, Mertz went out injured, and then Chase Wolf had some bad misses, and yep. then the entire Wisconsin offensive line imploded. Yeah. As we knew they might. Yeah, they've had some problems. We didn't necessarily know we were going to get three false starts and four plays or whatever it was. Yes,
1: I do recall that,
0: yes. Um, we didn't know that. A you whole know, I, I day makes sense. But on the other hand, like, the Drophers' pass rush had been pretty weak all day. Yeah, all that, season. Yeah, all season. But I, I think against a, a line like this, to be unable to get any pressure with four you know John Joyner has kind of come on as of late but he didn't really have an impact until the last drive I didn't think Mm -hmm. Thomas Rush didn't do anything Danny Strigo was in his first game back and didn't really affect the quarterback at all and yet uh, Wisconsin Held for some reason, and then I guess they weren't. None of no one was on the same page about the snap count, about what plays were yeah. happening. It seemed it was a it was a hot mess at the end. Yeah, A fourth, very cold one. Fourth and goal from the twenty-five kind of <laughs> says a lot. Yeah. Um, and uh, Chase Wolf throws out the back of the end zone. First guy on, on the axe, I don't know if you caught this on TV. I didn't. Samuel Pickering. Oh well, good good for him. He he earned it. <laughs> Uh, didn't really have many other jobs uh, that day. But, yeah, but, good uh, for him. Um So we went over the, the end of the game. We know we, we didn't mention, I guess, Matthew Trickett's forty-seven-yard doink, um, forty-eight yards, whatever it was. Uh, but he did pretty well the rest of the game. Yeah. I love Camp Randall Stadium. Just want to say if that that was
1: maybe my favorite road environment I've been in I think this past game more than this game and how much of that was like the stadium itself versus other factors I guess well just
0: when I went in 2018 I don't it it, that was a really disappointing year for the Badgers it felt like I think this game the student section was 2018 the that was the year we broke the screen the Douglas year yes the the Douglas Bryce Williams Seth Green yes all that um the last time the Gophers committed targeting, yeah. So <laughs> true? Yeah, Blake Cashman. I I went back and looked. The last the last Gopher tar- committed targeting and have that be upheld was Blake Cashman in that game. Interesting. But um, the student section got to the, this game a bit more quickly than in twenty eighteen. I don't know if you're aware of how they lead students in. It's no. it's a pretty awful situation where I think there was like one game where like they're there was an incident with the students on the field that uh, st- rushing the field I, I don't know the exact story but since then they bring the students in one row at a time mm-hmm. like you, you you line up and they they lead you in and if you're uh, showing up anywhere near off, you are not seeing Chikov. Yeah, it's it's not like a normal place where you just walk in and you go to your spot or Yeah, or just, just go up until you find something yeah it's it's pretty terrible but, um, but I don't know it, just, it, was, it was a full house got to experience the stadium scene built me up buttercup which is great mm-hmm. big fan of that I I was in the upper deck this time so like I could feel the stadium shaking cool <laughs> for jump around um, I don't know. I, I really like it I like their city um, and I'm also undefeated there yeah so keep, keep going uh, plan on it yeah what did we think of? Uh, we'll we'll start with the obvious, Ethan Kelly, Candice. Yeah, he was
1: great. He was great. Um, not perfect, but but great. Um, spread the ball around uh, mostly to like three or four guys. Right. I mean, how many how many people have caught passes? What like? I gotta remember.
0: Stanford, Jackson, right. Uh, Dave Preston Jellin won target on the third he, down. He did, which was weird. I, they, they, they threw him out there on passing downs the way they did with the captain last year.
1: Yeah, which felt strange. I just wasn't expecting to see him. I wasn't expecting it either. I mean, I'm good to get him involved. But um, um, but yeah, then the last, I guess then I guess the, the big three I was thinking of were for Jackson, and Wright. By the um, way,
0: I think you could say all three of them had their best game of the year? Jackson maybe, Jackson, maybe had their own game,
1: of, yeah. yeah. But other than that, certainly and for Jackson, it was certainly in a much on a much bigger stage. Mm. Um, and he made the best catch any Joe Fritz made this year. Yes, yes. Um, I would also say and then the, the other the other play was the was was Lamecky Brockington on that you yes. know that <laughs> that wonderful touchdown. Um, but yes, I mean spread out is a relative term, right? It's not like he hit, you know, whatever, 10 different receivers. But uh, he hit th- three receivers a bunch. Yes, he And did. they were three receivers who were the right ones to get involved. And uh, he was pretty good. You know, he's looked – this year, I think even when he's not looked – been super accurate or anything, like he's looked pretty confident. Mm-hmm. But this was a game where I felt like, you know, more so than any game since the Nebraska second half when he played really well. Where he's really looked, com- not not just confident, but comfortable confident, and like like putting it all together, as and not, not just as a runner. And I guess the Nebraska did run a little bit, but the Nebraska game was part of it was just him being a dual threat. But as a passer, I mean, he looked he looks great great this game, and really made a lot of huge key throws to all those guys. And of course, the the long one to Zolomecki. So yeah, you, you say putting it all together, that's the exact way I, I would put it. Because
0: so much of the offense this year, even with Morgan, but I think especially with Cali Manis in the game, except for that second half against Nebraska, has been pretty conservative. Yeah. Where it's not just the run-pass split. Though This game, it's very notable that, they, that he dropped back, what, 33 times or something, which is probably his high for the season. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and also they dropped back a lot more on passing down specifically, but uh, it's it's how they pushed the ball downfield at this yeah game, where it wasn't all just right in front of you that was something that was completely missing from the Iowa game yeah exactly. Iowa game especially yeah um, they said okay we've we, we've got a defense that is a little weak in the secondary. Uh, Cal McManus said after the game we knew we were going to see a lot of cover one that meant a lot of one-on-ones. Mm-hmm. We're going to trust our guys to go out and make some plays. And so chucked so it to Dale and Wright. It only had one deep complete, uh, one deep catch, but it was very impressive. The yes. first
1: one of the day. Daniel Jackson had a couple. Yeah, and that one that you're talking about, I'm just remember that was crazy. Yeah, I thought that there was, was insane. no way. It was, it was it looked crazy. impossible. Um,
0: you know, um it was, uh, and obviously span four got involved plenty sort of in the underneath areas, but it was it was really impressive. You saw the impact of his arm strength mm-hmm. where it's not just about distance, about velocity and making sure things are on time mm-hmm. because there was a throw he made to Daniel Jackson in the second quarter on that drive to set up the, uh, I guess that would have been the field goal. Um, maybe it was the fourth and one that got stuffed. But there's a, a throw where he's got um, he's got a safety deep I think it was and then he's got another defender kind of in. Be- in between him and Jackson, but it's only like four yards between the near defender yeah. and, and Jackson. And I think if Morgan tries that, it's at least Jane deflected. Yeah, but, he just you know, doesn't have the, the arm strength for it. Yeah, and and, and Cali Manis just puts some really great zip on the ball. Same with the, the throw to Brockington mm-hmm. where he had an opening, but he really needed to just chuck it into this, this window. And... I don't know. It's it's really it's it's really something to see a guy, especially
1: under the pressure he was under. Yeah, and he was he was the the the. the I mean, Wisconsin credit to Wisconsin's defense. I mean they they were they were good. I mean against the run especially, but even against the pass. I mean they put good pressure on. They sacked him what three times? Three times.
0: Uh, I don't know if Herbage got even one of those sacks, but he he made an
1: impact. Keanu had yeah. and looked. Really good Yeah Rodas Johnson Had a good game I saw your tweet About the uh, The fourth and one And I I concur About or The fourth and inches Or whatever The fourth and yeah, one In yeah. the first half Right Where It's like you do have to That's a good call hmm. I mean, it's I mean I think that The play call Is a little bit uninspiring But you get that More times than not Right um, You get the fourth and one But Benton was just Was just nuts Yeah He, he was great He was
0: huge Um I do want to say, look, looking back, it's hard to tell who was doing exactly what on that play, how much of an impact Benton or any other individual performer, any individual player had, but it, it looked like just when they get in those that heavy package, they've had two plays all year where they've had the inside run from Ibrahim, where if you watch Nick Kalerap come in motion, he comes across... And then once he hits about the guard, he turns around and they snap it while he's on the other side of the quarterback. And then the other play is a quarterback sneak where he settles right behind the quarterback to get that push, but there's like a pretty pregnant pause between him slowing down and stopping and them actually snapping the ball. Which I was, during the year, I thought, someone's probably going to key in on that. Um, and no one did until Wisconsin. Yeah. <laughs> because as soon as you see Calip start to slow down, everyone who was five yards behind the line of scrimmage immediately runs, and mm-hmm. there's just this big wall. There was no way Cal Manis was getting
1: through. Yeah, there was. It was a big. They got a big push.
0: So I, I think, you know, there, there were there were issues to take where that you know that's just a matter of this team
1: can be predictable even when yes. they you know I think. Well, that's what I was saying I mean philosophy is the right approach but again the play call was like <laughs> you know it's what you've been doing
0: all year yeah it is what they've been doing all year but on the other hand again go for it on fourth and one every time they're it a two score lead but yeah I believe very strongly in Athian Calic Manus after this game it, it, it's been a lot of like Looking for bits and pieces here and there where it's like, okay, we see the arm. We see he can make difficult throws from time to time. We see he's good in the face of pressure. But this time we saw the complete thing where he goes out and he has his best game of his tallest career so far, winning a rivalry game against one of the best defenses of the country under a lot of pressure, facing some tight
1: windows and asked to make some big time throws. He did it all. Yeah. And it, I mean, you can say like, well, where was that? But he's a freshman, you know, it's like in there, they, he has to, he has to build confidence. They have to build confidence. He has to get reps, all of the above, you know. Uh, It's really great to see that just sort of come, come together right in the nick of time.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Absolutely. Um, The rushing offense,
0: obviously, was a bit slow. Mm -hmm. Muhammad Ibrahim did his best,
1: uh, but he was only able to uh, put together, what was that, Seventy yards. How many yards did he even have in the second? Because he was right about that. If after the first half, I mean, he should not have gotten more than fifteen or so. It's no, because like, they—they uh, I mean, they were really yeah, twenty-seven for seventy. I mean, that's they did. I mean, well, statistically, they did as good a good job. But I mean, they really not only did they do a good job on paper, but they really—they really limited his impact in a way that nobody nobody else was able to this year.
0: Yeah, um, and they paid. The price, yeah, for, for that, so maybe they didn't limit his impact, you know. <laughs> but here's the thing you know, last year, what was the, the, the Joe first playbook against Graylin Allen? Sell so out against the run that let Grand Marks beat you, and he could. Yeah. And they said, Okay, we got the best running back in the conference there, second best, according to the Big Ten, second best. Um, we know he's gonna get the ball a ton, we're gonna sell out against him, we're gonna make this freshman beat us. And yeah. the freshman did beat him, yeah. <laughs> Um the they they bit pretty hard on play action. They you know, they, they they had some heavy boxes even though the Dophers were running eleven personnel most of the game. Um and it opened up space behind the defenders as on the Brocking and touchdown this this was a, a game where you had to have a counter punch, mm-hmm. and you had it which is great uh, that's something we've been waiting on all year we've been waiting on the receivers to deliver like this and we've been waiting on Cali kind of, like, McManus to kind of break
1: down well out. And it really does make you think next year I mean and we'll talk more about next year as we sort of get there but I mean you know, with, with hopefully with these receivers coming back and with, nah, what's his name? Uh, not Marcus Allen. What is his first it, name? It is Marcus Allen. It is it's literally like Marcus it. Allen. Yeah. Okay, we got Marcus <laughs> Allen. Great. But with a K. Yeah, Mark, Marcus with the K, Allen. Um, you know, with him coming in and, you know, with the quarterback coming back, you know, you think he's probably going to be the starter. And then, you know, all these talented receivers. I mean, I know we said going into this year, we feel like receiver really has a potential to be a position of strength. And it's kind of just like maybe we just get a do-over with that next year, where it's like now you sort of start start maybe 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 that talent just took a little longer to, to you know just needed to to, to 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 develop under the right set of circumstances and conditions circumstances and conditions such as a quarterback like Cali manis who's a little bit more dynamic.
0: Yeah, you, you hope this game represents some proof of concept, not just for. Fans, yeah. but also for Sharaka, for Simon, for Fletch to say, okay, we're gonna have like, I mean, they, they, the way they've been talking about Kristen Hoskins in uh, in Sunday Night Football situations, the the scrimmages they have yeah. uh, the day after a game. Um, they've got Ike White coming up. They've got the Bell coming back. They've got all mm-hmm. the guys we saw in that game. And that, like you said, they'll have Marcus Allen. Like that's, That could be in a place like the, the type of programs I watched growing up. That's a rotation of like eight receivers right now. Yeah. yeah. Especially since they have not shown a lot of confidence in Trey Potts or Bryce Williams. Obviously, Zach Evans is coming. Out, so we've got two commits right now running back. Is Bryce
1: Williams coming back next year? It uh, was he, almost heck it almost can't be true, I think he has the tova Deer left, oh my gosh uh, <laughs> man's my man's my man's been there
0: he's been there for a long while yeah uh, but but hey I, I I think I think this could be the type of thing you build on to yeah say we're going to throw the ball as often as you should <laughs> mm-hmm. um. And honestly, like that could that could be a pretty major deciding factor
1: if you are still able to run the ball um, as a complement to that next year. So. Yeah, and I mean maybe maybe Trey Potts shows a little bit more of what he did um, in you know twenty twenty one compared to twenty twenty two when he was more or less left out. Um, you know, then you, yeah, then you you have, you have the makings of a pretty potentially balanced attack.
0: Yeah, which is very exciting overall in the year, we can still call it disappointing, but it's okay in the larger context of program history. Eight and four. How many eight and fours have we seen over the last 50 years? Not a lot. Not that many. Um, you still look at Purdue going to Indianapolis. Yeah, it still stings. That really stings. It really stings. That that game was keeping you from Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. And, um, could have won two instead, but... Man, um, I don't know. I, I, I would like. I don't think they could go toe to toe with Michigan. But I'd like to know. Yeah, well, we'll find out. We'll find out next year. Yeah, find out next year where the gift will, the, the reward will be, what the Peach Bowl or something. If you win ten games in the division, and no. uh, anyway, uh, so so that's the Wisconsin game, twenty three sixteen. Always, always wonderful mm-hmm. to, win, to win the acts. Anything else you wanted to mention about that game? Any any players who stood out? You, um, We didn't to mention Tyler Newbin was out for the game.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I would mention that Braylon Allen was out too, which was a pleasant surprise Very watching pleasant. Watch you from home. Just seeing him in, in sweats or whatever, I was like, oh, that's... I was not expecting that, but, you know, he certainly makes it... Easier, easier to win when that guy is not playing because he's still really, really good. Um, As far as I don't know about any standout players that we haven't already mentioned. I mean, like I said, I was just really impressed by the by the receivers and the tight ends. Um, You know, the line didn't wasn't you know maybe again more of a product of of the of the defense just kind of stacking against us rather than our line not holding up. You know, against the run or whatever. But. So, playing one of the best front sevens in
0: the conference.
1: Yeah, certainly, certainly. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It was a good game. It's a good win. Uh, it's it's it's. I I don't know as far as bowl. I mean, it certainly positioned us to be in a better bowl than we're. You know, like we said, we're not going to. You know. That's right. Yeah. Right. We're not playing in the quick. Probably not playing in the quick lane bowl. Still, might be in the pinstripe bowl potentially music city depending on how it sort of goes but it's just it's a good win it makes me excited it's a win that makes me excited about the bowl game makes me excited about next year Uh, and it it definitely as we've said in a lot of these years that end on disappointing notes right like it 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 makes this it takes the sting away a little bit yes it does
0: um it it feels a lot like last year honestly yeah which is very predictable I think I said as much in my my preview at the start of the year, where this would probably just be an okay year that you, you lose a couple of games you feel like you should win, but you know, but it ends in, in beating Wisconsin and the series is tied now, yeah, uh, which is always a plus. Go get it, <laughs> go get it, go get it, and bring back the slab of bacon when you take the overall series lead. You yeah. um, know, but uh, yeah, it was, it was just a, a good good time and you know we'll we'll be able to I, I think next week we'll probably record um, and, and kind of give more of an overview we'll, we'll know what the ball game is we will probably know who's sitting out and who's not Yeah. so if we want to have a Muhammad Ibrahim appreciation episode we yeah. can do that next week as if the last four years of this happened to have not been yeah yeah I mean man's amazing um We can go over some news items at this point. So far, we've seen four guys say they're going to transfer out. D.H. Keyes, Jalen Glaze, Steve Nortiz Jr., and Cameron James. Keyes was a converted defensive end who played some three technique this year. Then he got hurt and just kind of disappeared from the picture, even when he came back from injury. Glaze has been a special teamer for a few years, um, only gotten in on defense in blowouts, so not too much of an impact. Thought he might be in the running for nickel this year, but then they moved Michael Dixon down to the slot. And by the way, I thought Michael Dixon was very good against the run on Saturday. He, he looked much more impactful as a safety than he did as a nickelback, I thought. But, um, Stephen Ortiz is former four-star recruit out of Arizona who... Uh, he just he wasn't seemingly cracking the rotation. He, he, he would go to an open practice and would always be with the third-teamers. Mm-hmm. He was moved to safety a bit, placed the nickel, and just wasn't even on the field even on special teams. He played a couple games this year just in blowouts, but that was it. And then Cameron James, backup tackle, figure with Ursary having that position pretty locked down for a while now and Carroll also having his position probably pretty locked down. Not a lot of room there. Yeah, not a lot of room for a tackle, uh, even one as large as he is uh, Cameron James, so. I imagine we'll see more news in the future, Uh, just spitballing. It's interesting to see what's going to happen with five technique over the next couple years. Uh, Really, just both defensive end spots. I think it would be interesting if next year they said, okay, we've got we've got Logan Red, and we've got Anthony Smith. What if we tried bigger lines? I
1: guess, where instead of the Russian on the other side, that's kind of one of the things I wonder about. Just with Anthony Smith, the kind of the specter of Anthony Smith looming. You know yeah, what I mean? Because yeah, yeah. you know, you know how good he's supposed to be. You know how he's a touted recruit. You know how big he is. How athletic he is. Like, he's got to play. Yeah. At some point, he's going to play. It's just a question of when and where. Yes. You know, and who does that maybe push out? Or make
0: a more subdued presence on the field. Yeah, had a lot of defensive tackles this year, so seeing keys transfer out that lessens the uh, the urgency, I guess, for someone like Jacob Schuster to get mm-hmm. on the field. But you'd imagine he, you know. There are guys down the depth chart who will be angling from playing time. Obviously, a lot of depth on the offensive line as well. And we mentioned the potential of a really deep receiving court next year. Yeah. But also, with depth, that's just one of the things that comes. Much you know? like what
1: we saw with running the running back from last year.
0: Yeah, where they saw Mohamed Igerman coming back and, like, why would Bucky Irving or... Yeah. I mean, Bucky Irving's having an awesome year at yeah. Oregon. So uh, it's worked out pretty well for him. So I, I would pay attention to that. Obviously, things kind of move pretty quickly. Gophers picked up another high school commit, I think, in the last few days, maybe. Or uh, maybe. who are you referring to? I, I might be making that up. I've I, I've been going to Ryan Burns' Twitter a lot in the last okay. few days to see transfer news and stuff. Uh, but I imagine there will be a little bit of news before signing day probably another transfer to him. We mentioned Marcus Allen from Wisconsin coming with three years of eligibility, only has 10 catches in his career. Um, and then we do need to mention Luke Fickle. Yes, unfortunately. <laughs> that was not my favorite thing to see as I'm about to hit the road Sunday would he, morning. Would you, would, you
1: rather, he, would you rather he would go to Nebraska? What, what would you rather, Fickle to Wisconsin or Whitepool to Nebraska? Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I know that there's just like a painful thought experiment, if there ever was one, but...
0: I guess I would have preferred... See, Lightbolt to Wisconsin seemed more likely, is the thing. Yeah, okay, yeah. But either way, like, one of the... A really good coach going to either school, I would have... Man. That's really tough. Because I, I feel like Wisconsin would always have this capacity to go and get someone really good. Yeah. That was what I was afraid of when they fired Chris. Well, I,
1: I thought that... I mean, I thought like Fickle could have gotten like, I not that maybe Auburn's, so, you know, maybe, I don't know, but something like that, right? Like a big time, really. And, I mean, you know, Wisconsin is that, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> but here's, here's the thing I thought,
0: I guess, I mean, it makes some sense, I guess, for him to go to Madison where he's not the chosen one or whatever. Yeah. Where, you know, if he's waiting on Ryan Day to go to the NFL, that could take a while. Yeah. And there's always that pressure and also maybe they just elevate brian hartline instead
1: yeah really the reality is there aren't that many like jobs of whatever caliber that come open in a given year let alone ones that you're a good fit for that you want to go to yeah like, you, live,
0: you, you, you look at the obvious places for a guy like fickle to go in that sort of corner of the the eastern half of the midwest which one of those is going to open yeah he turned down michigan state yeah He you know Notre Dame's got Marcus Freeman. They're going to give him time. Jim Harbaugh, maybe, maybe he leaves for the NFL, but maybe he doesn't. It's pretty solid right now. Pretty solid right now. So, uh, Wisconsin honestly feels like it makes a lot of sense. And if Ohio State opens, I don't think there's anything stopping him from leaving. Yeah, well, let's hope. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's just that. He's still got time to change his mind. That makes things a lot harder. Uh, fickle, coming to your conference. Uh, to your most hated rival, so that we could see them kind of be in the six and six range against, again next year. But they're probably going to be active in the transfer market for a quarterback. They're going to bring a lot back on offense. Mm-hmm. That offensive line was really young. Mm-hmm. Maybe we see some progression there.
1: And this might actually. know there were rumors about Braylon Allen leaving. I mean, this. But that feels more like go for wish posting. It does. Uh, it does, but any 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 idea that Braylon Allen would leave somewhere? I mean, you have to think that bringing in a coach of Fickle's caliber and pedigree would minimize something like something that dramatic, you know?
0: Yes, absolutely. And it'll be interesting to see who their coordinator hires are because I mean, I, I guess I don't know that much about Cincinnati's offensive system, but uh, It works. It works. It does work. And they've got this, this great group of running backs and they've got this tradition of bringing an offensive lineman from in-state and all that. Um, but it just, I mean, he, Fickle would have seen firsthand this year what the impact of a really good quarterback can do, mm-hmm. you know. And they, he will not have that his first year at Wisconsin. Well, with well, we'll see. So, anyway, do want to also highlight Western Michigan, Firington, Lester. There are a few guys on this staff right now from Minnesota who obviously would have coached at Western Michigan. Brian Callahan, Kenny Burns. Uh, I don't remember who all who else would have come over. Kirk Shiraka, obviously there. I don't know if he would want to go back, and yeah. he doesn't feel like a head coach just in terms of personality to me. But you know, maybe they, as, long I, as long as Joe Rossi stays, as long as Joe Rossi stays, he needs to get a bag yeah. a rather large bag this yeah. year um, but Western Michigan might try to kind of recapture things thing because Lester's tenure there was it's alright it was, it was alright fairly mediocre but in general alright and they probably looked and say uh, this is a this should be better than it is and they might take the route that Western Kentucky took with Tyson and said let's just go get one of the assistants of the guys who worked here, <laughs> uh, previously being Jeff Braum. So um, look out for that, but they could go a different direction entirely. Any other news items that feel relevant in this division? Obviously, Matt Rule going to Nebraska is relevant, but yeah. Fickle feels a bit
1: more. Uh, it's a bigger splash. That's a lot bigger. It's him coming off, of, it's coming from a 10 and 2 year, whatever, Cincinnati, and gotten a playoff year last year. Um, feels a lot better. It feels a lot more newsworthy than Matt Rule coming from Baker Mayfield and the disaster that was the Carolina Panthers. Even though he's a he's a pretty he seems he's he has a good track record in college, which is uh, either of us don't like you know Baylor, but but I mean he he did awesome at Baylor. He did awesome at Temple. He did the- yeah, and that was what I'm more. I know he I know he did awesome at Baylor. I mean my. Fondest recollections of him are at, are at Temple, but uh, yeah, I think he'll be a fine coach there, and uh, you know, he just got to get it, to, get it, get it, get it, get it together down there in a way that Scott Frost never could.
0: Yeah, which is a pretty low bar.
1: But, yeah. on the other hand, I, I, I think Grills a really solid coach. So yeah. I'm somewhat worried. I'm terrified of Luke Fisher. <laughs> is uh, hmm, I think if there's any other news, no, I don't think I don't think anything else I can think of. I mean. Those were the only two openings in the Big Ten, right? Yeah, because Allen's still there. What do you think about. I mean, is it, like, too early to speculate on Pat?
0: I think he should be fired. They're not going to fire him. He just fired.
1: I, Jim that's O'Neil. right. They axed
0: a bunch of people. Yeah, yeah. other than Jim O'Neill, who showed up after their previous defensive courier whose name I'm blanking on but he was excellent there for a very long time yeah. and uh, O'Neill, as soon as he shows up the defense traders
1: uh, I think they probably could fire Mike Viziecki in their offensive courier as well but oh it well. just seems like I mean it, it it you know he had such a great run there for a lot of years and it, it's such a hard job <laughs> but their only good year
0: in the last four was the COVID year yeah they, they were awful this year. They were awful last year. They were I guess awful I'm thinking my, my, my horizon is a little further back. Yeah, obviously, you know, he, he's at Northwestern where they don't care. Yeah, they they want
1: to. They they it, like It, their, it felt their like for him. It felt coach. like for him. There there are a lot of years where you really can say Northwestern is legitimately scraping its ceiling, which is not something you can say often of a lot of coaches, a lot of places. But I, I just it it's not working there for anybody. And I I, I think Patrick Carroll seems like a fine coach, and again he has that track record. But at the same time, it's like you wonder how long it's going to be until they make a change there. Because yeah. I mean, another one in a one one in nine, one in ten, one in eleven year. It's like what what else are you going to do? I feel like if he went one eleven
0: next year, I genuinely don't know. I have I have to think someone would fire him. Yeah. I'm hearing David Shaw was kind of limping along for a really long while. It took until this long for David Shaw to go away. That's true, the, but these that's are like a program that, situations. That's a better program, though. It is a better program, but also they just kind of let Stanford football backslide because they really respected like David Shaw. Yeah. And you know he
1: had success there after Harba- Harbaugh. Yeah. I don't know. I think they're different jobs. I think Northwest is a harder job, and I think it's I mean, maybe it is comparable. I mean, right? Because like you said, they have they have backslid like, even from where they were, you know, earlier on in his tenure. I and mean, I, I think
0: Northwestern's a harder job, obviously, yeah. but culturally, it feels very
1: comparable. Yeah, I'm I mean, sure. a- academic. It's academic, you know. You have to. You're 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 going up against that. Here's a comparison.
0: Obviously, it's a different scale because football matters more. But also, Pat Fitzgerald has a lot more credibility than the coach of this program. Look at Northwestern men's basketball. Yeah. They have not changed anything, even as it has gone to crap. Yeah.
1: No. No, you're right. You're right. and I mean, you're obviously—I mean, of course they're complacent because they do like him. They're obviously complacent because, yeah, the expectations there aren't high, (laughs) And That's part of the reason maybe it felt that he like so good in the first place is because like oh like he's like I said this is literally this program scene. Anyway, like nobody's asking this program to be anything more than it is um, but again you can just you can only you can't you can't be this bad for like this long even like I mean David Shaw wasn't wasn't this bad but man he, I, I I just I'm rambling but I mean we we we've. Kind of ramble.
0: There's no actual news here. We're just kind of going back and forth, saying he probably shouldn't have this job. Yeah, tomorrow, but
1: yeah, and I think, he, and I think he could. He, he'd land had a job. He'd ride on his feet somewhere if he wanted to.
0: Yeah, linebackers, coach in the NFL, yeah. feels right up his alley.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, anyway, if any actual news comes, <laughs> you know, there's there's ample room for it, and we'll talk about it. Hopefully, that does not include Joe Rossi going to another school. There are still games this week. There are. You pull them up. Yeah. Uh, obviously, the Big Ten Championship, 7 o'clock, Fox on Saturday. Might
1: not be very good. Might but not. Then again, this is Purdue. Yeah. <laughs> if nothing else, this is Purdue. Like. I imagine it'll be compelling enough for a half. Yeah. Um, otherwise. Is, is, uh, is AOC not playing, though? We don't know yet. Okay. But... Then that wouldn't seem to hurt their chances. That that would.
0: Uh, there are other FBS games, and then we're gonna. We're actually gonna list every Division One game. I think we can do that, Isn't that not very many? No. Friday at noon, we've got a makeup game: Akron at Buffalo. Nah. <laughs> yeah, I, I think Buffalo might. Be able to go bowling if they win, but that I think that's
1: the only state's here. Yeah, no, it's not. Uh, Akron is not good. Is Cam Wiley still? Oh, he still is. He's he got yeah five almost five hundred yards in the season. Good for Cam.
0: You know behind it. Probably awful offensive line. I'm sure, yeah. North Texas UTSA 630 CBS Sports Network, the Conference USA Championship. I would expect UTSA to win this because uh, I believe they won earlier this year, right? Yeah, they did. But UNT 7 and 5, somehow finished runners up in the Conference USA because Conference USA sucks. Just probably means Seth Luttrell is keeping his job. Mm-hmm. And it would be really fun if they got to win this game, you know, yeah. win the conference.
1: Yeah, and and also we always talk about this. We've talked about this we haven't talked about this as much this year as we did last year but how fun that UTSA is so good it's awesome
0: and they've got some really fun players obviously sincere McCormick has gone this year but, but uh, I got their, their quarterback Frank what's his name it, it, it's, it's Frame something or other he, he's, he's been a fun quarterback for a couple of years for them so, Frank Harris. Frank Harris. Yeah. USC Utah, the Pac-12 championship in Las Vegas, or I guess Paradise. Uh, Seven o'clock on Fox. Uh, any tapes coming to this one? I this may be the most interesting game of the weekend. To
1: yeah, I think it's probably the best game. I haven't. I mean, USC plays so late that I don't really haven't really watched them much. But seems like they're a really explosive offense. You know, uh, Utah's a very good team, uh, and I guess I would just say, you know, USC obviously is playing for a playoff spot here, which makes not only the most interesting from a football standpoint, but also from the standpoint of, well, they better not screw this up. <laughs> yeah, uh,
0: their, their defense right now is not actually very good. They just generate a lot of turnovers, which seems, I mean, every everyone who's looked at the situation is, is saying very loudly, this is not sustainable. And they're going up against a really good Utah team. So I, I would like it if Utah won. But also it would be somewhat kind of interesting to see Caleb
1: Williams in the playoffs. Yeah, he seems really good. And he's probably playing for his Heisman Life here, right? I mean, if he plays well enough, he's probably the front runner.
0: Well, who's who might be in front of him now,
1: honestly? I, I think it's him and everyone else. Yeah. I mean, I'm just saying if he really I mean, does does Bennett have a chance if he plays well enough? I would be shocked. Does let's just I'm just looking through I mean, Corum probably doesn't. Nobody, Drake, Maye doesn't at this point. Um, ah. <laughs> I, I think it's Caleb Williams and everyone else. Yeah, so you know he plays well enough. It's it's probably his. You know Bryce Young is not obviously playing this year. May, maybe, maybe Duggan or Dugan. How did you say? As you say, Duggan. Duggan. Yeah, may, maybe Duggan if he plays well enough this week. Has the maybe has to, if he really shows out. I, I think Duggan will at least get
0: invited to New York. Yeah. Saturday, 11 o'clock. Uh, on ESPN, we've got the MAC championship between Ohio and Toledo. Don't have a whole lot to say about this one, other than that um, the cover some ground that, that Alex Kirshner has covered on Split Zone Duo. Uh, Toledo, they psychologically, they really need to win. <laughs> The match because, uh, I mean, Jason Candle might need it to, to, to keep people from hating him because Toledo is a program with some expectations and they have not met those expectations since Matt Campbell left for Iowa State. Mm-hmm. TCU and K-State play in the Death Star in
1: Arlington, for the Big 12 title game. Lots of purple, therefore good game to watch. Is uh, is K-State, like, I'm looking at their schedule. I don't know. The Big 12 is, is funny, mm-hmm. but I mean... Are they the number 10 team in the country? <laughs> probably not, right? I haven't
0: bothered trying to rank the teams this year, but I would bet probably not, no. I, I don't know if TC. I don't think TCU is one of the four best teams in the country, but they've been really they good. They've beaten everybody. Yeah, and they deserve the drill to the playoff, to be clear. Uh, yeah. Put them in. Maybe even if they lose this game.
1: I don't think they'll survive a loss.
0: I don't think they will either, but it's one loss. You know, and it's
1: more fun than Ohio State, or...
0: Well, at least in if theory. If USC
1: loses and
0: TCU loses, I feel like TCU can still get in. Maybe they go to Bama
1: yeah I think but, Bama I think it, it's just Bama bias where it's like yeah. I feel like they just the, the, the excuse the excuses are working you know they're just yeah. waiting for waiting to put Bama and Ohio State in you know
0: yeah but th- there will be lots of offense in this game I going yeah. to get to watch this fun great
1: running game from Kansas State
0: yeah Coastal Carolina at Troy 2.30 on ESPN Noah Grayson McCall yes uh, Troy has had one of the best defenses in the country this year um I would be surprised if the shants are able to pull this off, but, um, you know, it's... there are, three, there are four games happening in the afternoon slot uh, at the FBS level. All of which are pretty good. Uh, th- three of which I would watch. <laughs> oh, Because I'm not watching Georgia. Last yeah, year, no. Honestly, there's not a point. There's no states. Yeah. Uh, and Georgia will probably throttle them. But Fresno State, Boise State, Mountain West title game in Boise, 3 o'clock on Fox. Yeah,
1: those teams, I mean, they. we didn't – I mean, the Mountain West looked pretty bleak earlier this year, and I guess I would just say these are – Unquestionably the two best teams Mountain West um, But they, they, you know They should be pretty competitive Boise State's got That freshman quarterback Right that's pretty good uh, Fresno State has The veteran quarterback That should be pretty good um, The teams are both good But not great Recipe for A decent game at least Yeah And then UCF Tulane Yeah That'll, that be, that'll be one good. to watch Yeah
0: uh, it's, These it's, are fun teams Yes It's, it's going to be on ABC uh, on, on ABC um I don't know really anything about Tulane's roster. I understand there might be some injury issues, but uh they I, I think it was more they were missing a very important player in the first game these two teams played, which UCF won. But this will be at Yulman Stadium again and I am uh, gonna be rooting pretty
1: hard for the angry wave in this one. Um, yeah. You just that's a program. You wanna see him in the Cotton Bowl, right? Yeah, 100%. Tulane, <laughs> I mean, who the college football man, you it, know?
0: It, it rules. I, I, I really like Tulane, and I hope they can keep a hold of Willie Fritz, at least for another year. Yeah. And in the evening slot, we've got Clemson, North Carolina, the ACC title game.
1: That legitimately could be okay. If, if, if DJ plays as poorly and Drake May plays as well as they are both capable of, that could be and I hate I hate that I just you know bring up quarterbacks but it's a quarterback you know it's mm-hmm. like that, that's you know Clemson's got a good defense but North Carolina just chucks it so yeah we'll see so they weren't really chucking it very well against NC State this past week. no no that was a game they should have won but did not uh,
0: there are a few other Division 1 games at the FCS level Swash Championship 3 o'clock on ESPN 2 Southern and Jackson State is this, ma- is this is this swan song? I imagine everyone in the world would be rooting for Southern, uh, especially HBCU fans. It seems. Um, I mean, if he takes if he takes the Colorado, I don't know that he would, but it's a weird fit. I mean, a lot of guys are weird fits in Colorado, but whatever. Um, the FCS playoffs are getting underway. Every one of these teams is on ESPN plus I'm just gonna rattle them off real quick. You can or I guess this is the second round, the first round is the past yes. weekend. Uh, New Hampshire Holy Cross, eleven o'clock, Gardner Webb and William and Mary, one o'clock, mm. Furman Incarnate Word. Incarnate Word. Lots of fun. Yeah, they uh, <laughs> they, they they like chucking it. They, yeah. they go fast. then uh, this is their uh, I forget the name of their head coach, but um, first year for him there after Eric Morris left to become Washington State's offensive coordinator. Yeah, uh, but this guy may honestly jump pretty soon to take the Texas State job or something like that.
1: Quarterback has fifty touchdowns this year and four, four against four interceptions. It's like Joe Burrow numbers. Yeah, that's that's stupid. So uh, you know, and their last one ended up at Wazoo, So some something, some's in the water down there at Incarnate Word.
0: Yeah, they they they, they, they know how they wanna to play their football.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, Weber State, Montana State, oh, two o'clock. Good. That will be really good. Southeastern Louisiana, Sanford. Southeastern Louisiana goes fast, mm-hmm. and they run the ball. I believe those are the two things I think I know about them from uh, studying their offensive coordinator last year. Two o'clock. That one. Delaware, South Dakota State, two o'clock on ESPN Plus, like everything else. Montana, NDSU, two thirty. Ooh. Ooh. Where is that? That and is Fargo. The Fargo oh now. man, I would go to that. <laughs> that would be really great. Although Montana, I think they lost pretty badly to Montana State. Still, on uh, principle. Yeah, yeah, on principle, one hundred percent. Richmond at Sacramento State is the latest game, only at four o'clock. So
1: this is an incredibly juicy afternoon. Yeah, all between yeah, gosh, all between eleven and four. Man, I what guess. is this? I'm seeing Valpo at New Mexico. Did New Mexico State get a game get get a get a put a gimme on the calendar to?
0: Yeah, they had a game
1: canceled. Yeah. for non football stuff. Yeah, against San Jose State. But did they put this on just so they can get bowl eligible?
0: Yes, they're, they're five and six right now. They've already played an FCS team, though. They can't play two and be bowl eligible, but they're going to apply. So they got a waiver for, to play this uh, game, I, but they're going to apply for another waiver
1: to where if they win, they will be bowl eligible. So I thought that the waiver was prior to this game. So they're looking for two waivers. Yes, the, the one that they've already
0: gotten allows them to play this, but they want to argue as well because they were going to play an FBS opponent, yeah. and they had to throw something together at the last minute. This is an opportunity for them to get another opponent, get to six and six. Good for, good for, good for Coach Kill six and six. Who, by the way massacred Liberty over the weekend yes past.
1: yes I, we haven't talked about this oh my gosh we, I
0: saw that we don't have time to talk about Hugh Freeze right now or oh. probably enough intelligent things to say about Hugh Freeze but uh, him ending by getting obliterated by New Mexico State New Mexico State and the the Liberty fans chanting go to Auburn um, just l- l- lest it be said that that is funny it is very funny <laughs> So good for Jerry, you know. Um, I don't know if he should be doing this, but if he gets this team to six wins, great. Yeah, honestly, great. Yeah. So, any anything you want to highlight this weekend?
1: Uh, we're we're gonna get into college basketball mode pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah. Let's. Uh, I hope. Uh, I hope there's a. I hope there it remains a Gopher basketball team after the Purdue game on Sunday. I'll say that. It's not going to be pretty. Uh,
0: and we'll, we'll be seeing them against Michigan on Thursday. Yeah. I imagine after that is probably when we start talking about this team in earnest on the air. But, yeah. Uh, we encourage everyone to enjoy this weekend. This is, I mean, Army-Navy weekend's always great, but it's yep. only one game. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is kind of our, our last hurrah for the season every year, mm-hmm. and it should be pretty good. So mm-hmm. enjoy yourselves, revel in the acts, and we'll talk to you again next week. Stay warm.